Hi, I'm Tony. And I'm Patrick. Welcome to Cave to the Cross Apologetics. We are working our way through Scott Christensen's book, What About Evil? Right? Right. And we have come now to the end of the end of the book, right? Well, this we talk the... really long, we're going <laughs> to, this is the end, we yeah. promise, maybe. So this is the last chapter that we're in, and this chapter he calls the grace and glory effect. And... Um, we're right about in the middle here, and he's talking about uh, how grace, that is God's grace, um, overcomes evil. And he uses illustrations from the Holocaust to try to show this, right? And he showed, he talks about three particular illustrations from the, from the Holocaust to show here that grace overcomes evil. First, by showing that, uh, uh, that Christians who were recipients of God's grace shows, showed mercy to the victims of the Holocaust, right? And he talks about a town in France that kind of captured and, and sheltered uh, those victims and that sort of thing. And then secondly, he uses the story of Corey Ten Boom, mm -hmm. right? And shows how that the victims were able to bear up under this tremendous uh, Holocaust, right? Under God's mercy, right? Right. And now we've reached the, the third one here. Right. And this third one is probably the, the toughest one of all. Sure. Right? Showing mercy to victimizers. Right. Showing mercy to those who harm you, who mistreat you, who persecute you. Right. In fact, with regard to the Holocaust, showing mercies to those who are killing off your family and that sort of thing. Right. He says uh, this third test that uh, battered believers must face must be the most difficult of all, whether as victims, they're willing to show mercy to their victimizers, offering forgiveness toward their oppressors and tormentors. He asks, can you uh, forgive your father who abused you as a child? Can you forgive the teenager whose drunken midnight caper down the freeway took the life of your young and beautiful wife? Can you forgive the cutthroat who partnered with you in business and then embezzled, you know, all of your profits? Can you, what, you know, yeah. what's your response to that? Can you forgive them? Right? Yeah. Yeah. The, it's, it's more than just the slap on the cheek that we're supposed to, supposed to turn the other cheek too. Yeah. I mean that, that, you know, that's a, a slight, um, uh, emotional, uh, offense that's, that's, you know, culturally based, but this is, I mean, the 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 Nazi guard, uh, the 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 drunk driver, the 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 person who who you know stole your life savings, um, you know th th those are people that were told to forgive, and it's not this uh, again, it's not this this kind of pie in the sky. Uh, we're walking in the clouds and we're just saying, oh, that's okay, <laughs> you know. Th there are are hurt feelings. Uh, Corey Tenboom. Uh, her sister is killed. She, she she would want the opposite to have happened. She would want her her sister to remain alive. Uh, you know, the, the 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 person who had all their life savings stolen, uh, so that they have to continue to work for twenty years rather than go out into the the mission field and 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 work with um with Samaritan's Purse or or something like that is unable to. So it's not it's not a a um a a kind of uh, head head in the in the clouds type type uh, uh, emotionless uh, uh, lithium induced uh, you know <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, mindset. It, it's it's one that we have to deal with. And we we've we've seen this um, this type of response before. Um, I believe it's the case for faith. Um, it could be case for Christ. I'm pretty sure it's case for faith. Um, Lee Strobel has a story in there about a murderer who. 
the murder victim's mom is talking to the parole board um, about uh, trying to let the person that murdered her son uh, uh, go uh, because he had reformed himself. He had given his life over to, to, to Christ and he had changed his life completely. And she's speaking out against this, or you have the, the police officer who uh, thought she was in her, her home and uh, she was in a, a neighboring apartment and she shot and killed the person, the, the brother of the, 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 the victim was on the stand and, and said, I forgive you and, and got off the stand and hugged her. I don't want to say twice or for the hundredth time or how much you've taken from us. I think you know that, but I just, I hope you go to God. I know I can speak for myself. I, I forgive you. I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. But I love you just like anyone else. I'm not going to say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I see, I, I personally want the best for you. I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you because I know that's, what, that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that both of them would want you to do. Again, I love you as a person, and I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can, can I give her a hug, please? he did this because he's a Christian and mm. people like, Oh, you know, you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't forgive the, like this, that, you know, this does nothing. This won't change anything that there are, there are the social reforms uh, that, that uh, society must go through. Sure. But um, th- this, this is a, a, a greater reform that, that happens. It's, it's a testimony to who God is Amen. reflected in the life of, of the people that he changed. We forgive those things, because those are, uh, while difficult, uh, are a, a slight compared to what we have done to a perfect and almighty God. And Amen. so because we were forgiven much, we forgive much. Mm. Why, you know, seven times is what we forgive? Nope, 490 times. 491, <laughs> no, but yes, 490. But if you can get there, good. That's right. In a day. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I got to roll over. Okay. All right. <laughs> you write the coupon for the, <laughs> the the mother's father's day. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so we're, 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 we're forgiving the Nazis. That's what we're doing here. Yeah. So nowhere in the human heart tested more severely than at this point. If you want to know the moral fortitude of any system of thought, ask what price it is willing to pay in order to offer forgiveness to the vilest offender mm. on yeah. the deathbed. Can God forgive? Yes. Well, then you can just get away with anything. Well, good, good, good job waiting until the eleventh hour. But <laughs> God is able to show mercy upon who He wants to show mercy, and He wants us to be do the same, right? And and you know, if if the the murderer uh, can't seek forgiveness, what what hope do we have uh, for for ours? What why 
why is murder to a lesser extent uh, than uh, what we have done in our own lives accumulated or, or a single point to a perfect and holy God? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we view it as, you know, uh, violating someone's right to life or property or, or whatever it might be. But um, we're, we're looking at it from a, a, a naval point of view. We're not looking at it from the, 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 the cosmic um, viewpoint of a holy God versus, you know, imperfect man. And so that's, that's um, the idea we have to come into. And that holy, perfect God sends his own son, who is holy and perfect, to, to humiliate himself, literally and, and uh, theologically, and give up his life for us when he didn't have to. Yeah. So, I mean, this isn't a, a, a path lightly tread. Uh, you know, salvation isn't an easy thing. It's, it's one of the most difficult things possible, and God did it, because only God can do it. Mm. Christianity is explicitly built on the principle that God forgives the most foul and incorrigible sinner whose crimes surpass the reprehensible. God is fundamentally revealed as the one who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. He does it in the Old Testament. He does it in the, the New Testament. Uh, Moses, show completely. me your glory, and this is what he gets, right? <laughs> right, right. I forgive. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so to be a Christian is to be forgiven and to forgive. This is the essence of grace in action, the grace effect, we might say, right, which is this distinguishing feature of Christianity and what sets it apart, Christensen tells us, uh, from all other religions and ethical ideologies. Christianity eschews all merit-based approaches to resolving our human predicament and the problem of evil in a world rife with wickedness. There is no good merit-based approach. We don't get points for forgiving our our brother's murders or or something along those lines. He says the gift of salvation didn't come to believers because we met the proper moral and religious requirements. We were not released from our sentence because we impressed the parole board with our good behavior. We were rebels, he tells Mm -hmm. us, right? He says, the teacher gave us the prize even though we were the worst hellions in the classroom. (laughs) But once we received the prize, we were surprised and humbled and transformed, right? Right. So God's grace transforms us. It makes us different as a result of that. Yeah. Uh, Paul. Paul is the persecutor, the, the killer of Christians. He, he has the, the illegal, legal right to go and, uh, you know, stone the Christians. Immoral, legal, They shouldn't have been able to carry out a capital punishment, yeah, but he true. seems that's to, true. he seems to not care too much that's about right. being the Roman in, in that response. Uh, <laughs> but what happens? I mean, he has a direct encounter with Jesus and then he has to go away for a period of years to, to, um, kind of. Um, study and 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 be ministered to, and then what happens? Oh, the 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 church just brings him in and, and allows him. To, no, uh, uh, Barnabas has to kind of make the introduction. Barnabas is the one that that um, has the proper standing within the community to to kind to of introduce Paul him, in, yeah. and he's the one that introduces him and gives him the the the, the story of of uh, of the conversion, and he's forgiven. He is changed. He grieves himself all throughout. I mean, as you walk through Paul's letters, you know, he says, uh, you know, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner just like uh, you to to the point uh, towards the end of his life. I'm the chiefest of sinners, meaning that he, as he sanctified his own life, he saw more and more of his sin that showed him being uh, uh, against who God is and murder 
was just at the top of his list all the time because he's he tells the story about three different times through there of, of exactly where he's at and he's telling them to the church and to the people and to kings as as a a this is what God has done and this is the the life that I live because of that that type of forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah, good. All right, but the surprising power of forgiveness serves a greater function by mirroring what Christ did on the cross to pardon incorrigible rebels against the living God. We become instruments to exalt the riches of divine glory and grace. We become living analogies of the gospel by pointing to what happened on the cross. Again, this is one of the things why it's important that we take part in the suffering of, of, of the cross is we, we can point ourselves not just to some, uh, oh, Jesus did this nice thing, but no, we, we, we actively took part. We're the ones that put uh, Christ on the, on the, uh, the cross um, um, himself. The suffering of the incarnate son of God brings to life the essence of grace as he suffers judgment for those of us who once hated him. Instead of crushing the onslaught of us rebels as we deserved, he poured out tender mercy on us instead and gave his son and came down off the throne and, 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 humiliated himself and became uh, a man and, and suffered under the punishments of men and were, was hated by his own people, hated by his own family. Uh, you know, he, he, he took part in what the, 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 the prophets took part in. No one believed him and they killed him for it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, Christ's example enables every Christian who is faced with adversity and affliction to live out this grace-saturated, glory-magnifying gospel that diffuses the worst kinds of evil and melts the hearts of cold malefactors. If I may, I'd like to uh, just kind of refer to the book here, this story out of Corey Ten Boom's uh, life that she's telling. So this is after the Holocaust. This is, she's on a speaking tour. She's explaining to folks what happened and that sort of thing. Uh, and uh, this is on page 450. It says, uh, and it's, you know, uh, bear with me here. This is somewhat long, but I think it's really important mm-hmm. that we see this. By the way, this book is full of these kinds of stories, right? So we'll just sneak one in here. Yeah. I mean, he, he was telling us, God tells us stories. And so it's, it makes sense that he tells a that story. he tells stories. Within yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So showing mercy to victimizers. <clears throat> he says, uh, Corey Ten Boom understood the unyielding lure of bitterness, hate, and thoughts of vicious reprisals that can light a normally cool head on fire when the severity of an offense appears unbearable. Shortly after the war, 1947, uh, Corey began to speak at churches, telling her and Betsy's story. Many in Germany eagerly received her message. At one of these engagements in Munich, a man made a beeline to her after she spoke. He was beaming and bowing before her. How grateful I am for your message, Fräulein, he said. To think that, as you say, he has washed my sins away. One would expect it a hearty amen. Mm-hmm. The man, however, introduced himself as one of the SS men who had worked at uh, Ravenbrock. Ravenbrock. Uh, that's the concentration camp that she was in, right? He happened to be one of the guards who had uh, literally lusted at the women as they walked unclothed into the shower room. Corey remembered him well. He told her that he had become a Christian and expressed confidence that God had forgiven him of all the cruel deeds he had done. He reached out to shake her hand, but she froze. Vengeful thoughts boiled through her. Lord Jesus, I pray, forgive me and help me to forgive him. Still nothing. Awkward silence. Um, 
I'm, I tried to smile, she says. I struggled to raise my hand. I could not. I felt nothing, not the slightest spark of warmth or, warmth or charity. Her pain thoughts wondered how forgiving him could possibly erase what had happened to her sister. He had certainly not been the worst perpetrator of evil at uh, Ravenbark. But uh, he served as a kind of surrogate for every despicable Nazi who had worked there and for the whole complex of Hitlering evil that had overtaken Europe. She had never imagined having to do such, such something this difficult, yet she knew that harboring bitterness would eat her alive and that her sudden failure to forgive after coming this far would haunt her more than all the harm that had befallen her in the death camp. Corey knew that her Christian faith would risk the danger of never thriving again. And so, she says, I breathed again a silent prayer. Jesus, I cannot forgive him. Give your forgiveness. It seemed like rather a half-hearted prayer, but the grace of Christ did its miraculous work. As I took his hand, she tells us, the most incredible thing happened. From my shoulder along my arm and through my hand, a current seemed to pass from me to him, while into my heart sprang a love for this stranger that almost overwhelmed me. They held hands a long time. The former tormentor and the one tormented joined the unbreakable bonds of Christian-centered unity. This, Christensen tells us, is the grace effect. Right. Right? Yeah. yeah, powerful. Uh, we're called to be like Christ, and I mean, that's what... Corey was was doing in this moment. She was she was offering the hand of of forgiveness that uh, this man so desperately needed, just as we so desperately need the, the same hand that that Christ offers mm. us. Mm. All right, turning to uh, the glory effect, mm. our last uh, section of the book here. So this brings us full circle to the theodicy that uh, Christensen has tried to spell out in detail throughout these pages. It seems appropriate to end this book by summarizing what the greater glory theodicy is all about. As humans created in the image of God, we recognize that there is something very wrong with the world. Everyone notices this. Everyone's trying to change the world. Everybody knows it. This is not news. We have always known this. The cosmos is overrun with a malignant tumor festering not only within the broader scope of creation, within our own souls. We're trying to change ourselves, not just the external world around us. Uh, Something is dastardly wrong, and we won't make it out alive. Yeah. And so he tells us, first, this disease results in the material worlds being consumed by natural people, right? A thousand and one catastrophes are at any moment can can turn this world into a very dangerous and inhospitable uh, place to live. But he says, this is not the worst of it. Natural evil is merely the product of moral evil. From the cradle to the grave, humans have all of the markings of moral monsters within them, right? Waiting to prey on all that is pure and innocent. We chafe against what is good and right and true. We fight and bicker with one another. We tell lies. We steal what rightfully belongs to others. We scratch and claw and hate and lust and kill until there's no peace, no joy, no community. Right. 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 That's the ugliness of this disease. Right. And if we can't see ourselves well, um, uh, um, Solzhenitsyn in uh, Gulag Archipelago says, when he when he saw the the um, communist uh, prison guard in the in the gulag 
you know, beating his friends or just beating somebody. Uh, he only saw himself in that guard because he could have easily been that person on the other side. And so, you know, we, we can look back and we can say, oh, uh, you know, slavery is evil. But would we, w- would all of us who, who espouse that be so quick to be the, the uh, abolitionists who, mm. who, who, Had who, to, yeah. who, who suffered as themselves, who uh, were ostracized, who were killed? Uh, you know, it, it wasn't just a, oh, that person's against slavery. Isn't that cute? No, this was up, up turning over, over, you know, uh, cultural, uh, uh, the milieu, um, w- you know, in, in Nazi Germany, when you had, uh, you know, starvation and, uh, 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 being, uh, the, the, the kick horse to, to the, the entire world for all of world war one for, for 30 years, uh, your, your economy is in dregs and, and you don't know how to feed your own children. And suddenly there's this kind of savior person who has, has a way out and has a plan to restore national pride and who has uh, an enemy who's causing all these things. Are, are we so sure we're going to be the ones in the crowd, not giving the, 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 um, a fascist salute, yeah. you know, are we so sure that we're that person? I, you know, I, we can, we can all say yes, absolutely. But uh, you know, then how come there were so few? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, it's not it's not just the culture; it's it's the mindset that that the, the human heart uh, festers and 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 must be changed with. All right. So certainly, the tragic world we live in is punctuated with plenty of goodness, with blessings and grace common to all of us. There are significant moments of peace, wonderful instances of camaraderie, laughter, tenderness, and even tears of gladness. But what does all this signify? It means that there are deep incongruities in our world. There is certainly good, much of it, and yet there is evil, many times overshadowing any semblance of good. You know, it's it's not all bad, but why isn't it all not all bad? Yeah. Why why is it why isn't something? it not all good? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or why is it something at all? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we we just need nature to to turn off our pain receptor receptacles and we'll be all set. I don't know why the whole pain thing. Uh, okay. Don't touch fire. All right. I think we've got it by now. All right. So he says that we know that there's anything that if there's anything that proves to be true, honorable, just pure, loving, and commendable, anything of excellent and, and worthy of praise, Philippians 4, 8 tells right. us, then it must come from the hand of God. So why would this supremely virtuous, wise, powerful God whom we know to be alive and active in the world and our and in our lives permit this endless you know parade of catastrophe, hate, corruption, lies, theft, rape, murder, mayhem, and so forth. Why would God do this? Right. Right. Well, we know that He has requisite power to have prevented the fall. He could have banned the dreaded serpent from entering Eden. He could have made Adam and Eve incapable of sin, just as every saint in heaven would be. Remove the tree. That's easy. That's yeah. all He has to do. Not make people easy. Not make uh, Satan easy. Yeah. He doesn't have to. Furthermore, suggesting that all this tragedy and misery is the unfortunate side effect of granting humankind libertarian free will is no escape hatch for this troubled earth. God was not cautiously cringing, teeth clenched, eyes squinting, head slightly cocked sideways, slowly shaking it back and forth as he wondered what a huge risk he was taking. God's bowling and he's, you know, he's doing the, the, the arm spin to try and, try and get it over. No. God wanted all this to happen. He planned it. If he is the holy and the sovereign God that he has revealed himself to be in the pages of scripture, then it could be 
no other way. Right. So God wanted it this way. But why is still the question, right? Well, he tells us that for, uh, consider, first of all, God is radically free, right? Without violating any, anything of his character, he could have done whatever he pleased. He didn't have to create the world. He certainly didn't uh, need to do so, right? So why did he do it? Well, God, in his freedom, desired to put himself on display before the material and immaterial cosmos, before all creatures and all creation to be marveled at, to be worshipped and praised. But the greatest display of his glory is directed towards us, his image-bearing creatures. We were designed and designated to elicit the most important praise. This is not cosmic egomania. (laughs) It is the right that the sovereign of the universe should be exalted because he is worthy. He is absolutely, supremely worthy. And it would be utterly wrongheaded for anything else to displace his worth and glory. And those same sentiments are displayed throughout Scripture. They're consistently done. And, and even in the, the Worthy is the, the Lamb to be prayed, right? In the Ten Commandments. Uh, you know, you should uh, have no other gods before. Me, don't right? make any graven image. Why? Because God is jealous. He is, he, uh, the, the Western Minister says that he's. Uh, has a zeal for his own worship and 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 glorification, uh, and and why would we expect that? Because he is the perfect God. He he. If God is the way that he says he is, this is what we should expect. This isn't something like he says. It's not egomania. It's I'm the highest being here. I've created everything. Th- this is what we should expect. Is the the truth of of those statements to come. In action, and right. that's part of our action. And and by the way, we do this all the time, right? We glorify sport, uh, you know, uh, folks and all kinds, you know, people who, you know, we give out prizes and we are worshiping types of creatures, right? And we demand it. Yeah. Uh, no, you can't have another cookie before dinner. Well, why? Because I'm your parent. That's why right. I said oh, so. <laughs> I'm a jealous parent. <laughs> yeah. you know? oh, but there are, there are a, a million other parents out there. Yeah. How are you sure that you're the right parent? <laughs> yeah. 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 And we say no to a lot of things because of who we believe we are. <laughs> it's right? one of the first words that we learn. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right, so furthermore, he designed us for communion with him and all life-giving, all joy-filling, all soul-satisfying relationship between creator and creature, father and child, master and servant. Then the serpent came in, lies, deception, temptation, questioning the divine character and purpose, then disillusionment and disobedience, shame and misery followed. It has been a long march through tragedy after tragedy with a modest number of special but fleeting glimpses of how it could be, of how it ought to be, or of how... We desperately ache for it to be once again. Yeah. We see this in the Old Testament, a, a longing. Oh, God, how long are, are you going to let us suffer? How long uh, will you allow your enemies to, to, to live? How, how long will we face um, you know, uh, th- these attacks by stronger nations? What, why, why is God picking the smallest nation, not the biggest nation? Why is he picking the, the youngest, the weakest, the, the, the shepherd boy? Why is he picking... The prophet to, to marry the prostitute. Why why is all these things happening? Because they're the picture of what he's he's uh, uh, going to do. Right, and so this idea of you know marching through this tragedy after tragedy, right, and how we desperately ache for you know the way things ought to be. Christensen tells us this is precisely where God wants us. This is the story that He purposely scripted. He wanted us to see the weight of evil. 
the horror of every holocaust, the misery, the numbing, uh, bitter pain of it all. But he also wants us to see glimpses of goodness, peace, and joy. Right. So the question is, why? Right. Because only through such a bitter and tragic story with hope held out before us could his glory be so remarkably magnified, supremely magnified, even. When the conditions get so bad, the, the misery is piling up and stretching out exasperation to the limits. When Satan makes his relentless and resistless attacks with the immediate intentions for chaos escapes us, and the inscrutable designs of the divine architect are past f- finding out, then, then... The incomprehensible and wondrous God intervenes and injects hope. Amen. He supernaturally calms the raging storms with a simple command, and suddenly a transworldly peace permeates our fragile hearts and minds, surpassing any ability to make sense of the miracle that he had just performed. Mm. It's, it's a wonder to us. That even the angels who are there, who are reflecting God's glory, marvel at salvation, at what God is doing in the hearts of those who reflect his image back to him. They, they marvel. So yeah. even them. Good. Yeah. And yet uh, the aching of this hope of shalom, peace, right, would not exist without the tragic loss of paradise devolving into hell. Right? Furthermore, the prolonging of the hellish nightmare only intensifies, Christensen tells us, our longing for the brighter hope that shines only dimly now. If there were no crisis to solve, the whole story would fall flat. We'd have no reference point by which to judge the magnificence of the Lord's power and wisdom and holiness and justice and love as seen through the lens of uh, judgment and salvation, of retribution and redemption. Grace, he says, would be eliminated. We wouldn't see it. There would be no occasion to right. see it, right? Uh, it wouldn't be necessary, right? And so we wouldn't know that about God. There will be no need for it, he tells us. And though God is eternally glorious, we would not see and experience the full wonder of his glory. Right, right. He's, he's not hiding anything from us, including all his qualities. Yeah. So God's purpose in creating the world and us, his image-bearing creatures, was not simply display his glory, but to magnify it supremely. So this is the greater glory theodicy right. that he's talking yeah. about. There was no other way he could do that without first the deadly fall of mankind, and then the lowly incarnation, the bloody cross, the powerful resurrection, the magnificent ascension, and the Savior's all-glorious return. Again, this is one of the, the desperate things we need to hold to as Christians, is those that want to divorce things like the Old Testament away from the New Testament, or only highlight the, the resurrection only, or just the good things of, of, of what uh, Jesus said uh, without the, the 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 ramifications for what sin is, or the story of hell, or um, or th- those who are experiencing uh, low points, or those who believe that they're experiencing high points, what, if we devoid ourselves for only those things that have this uh, kind of weird uh, um, idea of oh, it's uh, only believe uh, those things which uh, bring about salvation, kind of a a call of Peter ends there um, <laughs> is, is, is to diminish the entirety of the story that fits together. It's, it's why uh, we preach the gospel to the Jew. It's why we preach the gospel to the Muslim. It's why we preach the gospel to the Hindu and the atheist. Uh, you know, it, it, uh, the, the message is a universal message because um, 
the story is carried out through all history, and it uh, involves every person made in the image of God, which is absolutely everybody. Mm. And so, yes, we fall, we 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 fail to live up to uh, God's standard, uh, but that's where we have to turn to Scripture and and uh, do what the 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 apostles did, which was to diminish ourselves and to uh, ultimately focus on who God is and point people to to the the better the better version uh, you know of us uh, the, the the one that we're trying to reflect and 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 make sure that we're diminished in in that uh, in that capacity and so one day he says a thunderous and eardrumming crushing sound of the redeemer's uh, return rattling the foundations of the earth one in the key kingdom far outweighs the puny kingdom of darkness and all the pains that it brings right um, he quotes Second Corinthians four. Here he says, "For this light, momentarily, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. No holocaust of pain and madness, he tells us, can match this, his grace and glory. If you know Christ, your suffering is never wasted. Your deepest pain is not in vain. Your sin cannot condemn you. Your fear of death need not worry you. Your redemption." draweth nigh, right? Right. (laughs) So his glory is made infinitely more comforting and satisfying for us when we have trod long and hard through dark, mucky, filthy trenches and come out the backside into crisp, fresh air and uh, resplendent sunshine. So how we read our stories, it's those stories that stick with us. Uh, The never-ending story, the the, the tragedy of the nothing, uh, 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 our tax acts, the Trey's uh, horse getting stuck, and us crying all as as children about about that story. And we go back to that that story because it has such an impact on us. It changes who we are because Mm -hmm. of that story. And now we're just reading the meta story out of that. Mm -hmm. Paul declares... From uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, For God, who said, Let light shine out of the darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. The darkness cannot overcome the one whose face shines on us so brightly. Amen. It says, Amen, Amen, to God be the glory. (laughs) And so um, there is an appendix here on uh, superlapsarian and lapsarian. Um, This might be... uh, 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 subject that we cover if uh, we can talk to uh, uh, Pastor Christensen again uh, about his book uh, in an interview coming up. Um, but uh, that's the end of the book. And so, uh, you know, chapter one, he gave us the answer. Uh, you're not supposed to do that if you're writing a book. You're supposed to bury it in the middle. It's supposed to be italicized. You're supposed to make people find it. But no, he gave us the answer. Uh, he gave us a history of of kind of the the um, the history of philosophical thought, which was excellent in chapter two there. And then uh, he covered kind of the five main ways on which the theodicy is, is built up, including uh, kind of one of the most well-known and one well-held onto, even even from an atheist point of view, is the free will uh, theodicy there. Um, and he showed that these, these had good positions points. had good points, yeah. but they were wanting, right? Right, right. And so uh, what do you think? Uh, you know, is, is this, is this the, the, the answer? Is, is uh, you know, focusing on uh, God as the central figure in the story of history, uh, to make the the cheesy joke there, um, is I, I, you know, I I grew uh, ex, uh, expandingly in in, uh, in in my walk by reading this book. Uh, you know, I uh, I talked to more people about uh, storytelling and and things and and how it relates to raising children or education and 
and and those things. So I I, I uh, thought this was an outstanding book of 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 not only to the explanation of of why does evil exist, but um, also how then should we live uh, with that understanding? Mm. That's exactly in church. What we're called to do is applying God's word to our lives in a consistent and complete uh, um, uh, nature so that uh, through, through God's word, our hearts change and be more conformed to the image of of Christ there. So fortunately it's, it's not the end of the story. So I I have to keep going. (laughs) (laughs) It depends if I, if I get to edit this, maybe, uh, maybe I'll get taken out uh, uh, before then, but um, uh, hopefully you've enjoyed this. Uh, I I know uh, Scott Christensen has uh, made a, a, uh, announcement that uh, his book has gotten approved for kind of the condensed version of, of it, so an e- um, more easy reader version of it. And so um, um, you can find uh, um, uh, links to that. It's not out yet, but it's been approved. Um, but uh, but uh, I'll, I'll post um, uh, the Facebook post for that uh, in the in the show notes uh, on our website, cavetothecross.com. Anything else? I think we're good, right? So this ends uh, our discussion here with regard to this book. And as you said, we may have uh, Scott on our show here if we can, you know, make those arrangements and get that taken care of. And uh, and that'll be another uh, opportunity to talk to him, especially about this particular book. Um, And so uh, stay tuned for our next announcement for our next book. Uh, I think we know which one we're going to do, or maybe three or uh, yeah. 12, uh, who, who knows, but, uh, <laughs> uh, things might, uh, change up a little bit, uh, but we'll see. And, uh, uh, this isn't the end of it. Uh, there's still a bunch of, of books on that bookshelf that, uh, need to be read. So, uh, I'm, I'm forcing Tony to, to slowly work through them with me. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for joining with us. Hopefully, uh, you, uh, God has blessed you, uh, uh through the, the reading of this, through the, the unpacking of this that we did. And again, we covered portions of, of the book. We didn't cover everything. We hope to, to have worked it out with you so that as you're reading through it, um, if you get hung up on something, uh, ho- hopefully our, our, our meandering through has, uh, has dislodged you a little bit so that you, you make it down to the, to down the river, so to speak. <laughs> so thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. See you next time.